Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about a question that a listener writes in, and they have a really, really important question. And the question is, should I forgive someone who's not sorry they've sinned? Well, we're going to talk about forgiveness today. And I've often said that this is one of the most controversial teachings in Scripture, is a teaching on the command to forgive. One particular example of this is Matthew 18, where Jesus gives the most extensive teaching on forgiveness in the Bible. And he tells the story of an unforgiving servant. He tells a story about a man who has been forgiven a massive debt, but will then uh, will not then turn around and forgive his fellow servants comparatively smaller debt. And he is punished for his lack of forgiveness by being thrown into prison by his master until scripture says that he should pay the last penalty. And the haunting words that come at the end of Jesus' parable come from Jesus himself and in Matthew 18.35 that says, My heavenly Father will also uh, do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. And so this is a command to forgive and, and to not forgive even superficially, but to forgive at a profound level of the heart. This is controversial because as people living in a fallen world, we can be sinned against in profound ways. And yet we must forgive. We're commanded by Jesus Christ to forgive. But knowing that we are commanded to forgive doesn't answer all the questions that we're going to have. You see, Jesus wants us to forgive, but we should not only forgive someone if they ask for this forgiveness, or should I forgive those who aren't sorry over their sin? And this is this question that I just asked is the one Christians spend the most time talking about. We know as Christians uh, who have been forgiven of our sin by Jesus that we must forgive others. But the real practical question is this. Should I forgive if someone's not sorry they've sinned against me? Should I forgive if someone has not asked for forgiveness? Well, the, the, the issue is actually raised even by text of Scripture. You got a text like Mark eleven twenty five. Jesus says, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have any, anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you of your transgressions. And so this sounds like Jesus is saying, we forgive whether someone has asked for forgiveness or not. Whether they say they're sorry or not, we just forgive. If we're standing there praying, we forgive. But then you also got a text like Luke 17, 3 through 4, where Jesus says, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times a day, saying, I repent, forgive him. And so you have these two teachings of Jesus. Jesus, on the one hand, is saying, if, you, if you're standing there praying and you realize there's a problem with your brother, then forgive him so that you will be heard in your prayers. And then you've got this statement of Jesus that says, forgive your brother when he repents. And so how do we solve this dilemma? 
Well, it helps to think of it in two categories. Uh, I think we can think of forgiveness on the one hand as an action that transpires in relationships. And we can think of forgiveness on the other hand as an attitude that we cultivate in the soul. Jesus in Mark 11 is talking about forgiveness as an attitude that we cultivate in the soul. That's when he says, if you're standing there praying, forgive. He, he's saying, release that person from your anger, from your bitterness, from the penalty of your sin right there. He's talking about cultivating an action of the heart. He might say that it is the willingness to extend forgiveness. But we settle the matter in our hearts, whether or not they're sorry, whether or not they're repentant, whether or not they've asked, or whether or not they have remained silent. We cultivate that attitude. And the action of forgiveness is what Jesus talks about in Luke 17, where we have someone who has come to us, who's asked for forgiveness, and that is when we extend forgiveness. When someone asks for forgiveness, when they confess their sin, we can say, absolutely, I forgive you, which action is only possible at the level of depth if we have previously cultivated the attitude of forgiveness in our hearts. And when we put these two things together, we can conclude that we should be cultivating the attitude of forgiveness in our heart, whether we realize that we have something against our brother or sister who has sinned against us. But also this teaches us that we should not extend that into an action until they've asked for forgiveness. Because we're cultivating the attitude of forgiveness, whenever they ask for forgiveness, whenever they would express uh, their uh, brokenness over their sin, whether it's because we confront them with it or whether it's because someone else does, we should be ready immediately to extend forgiveness, but we should not extend it until they've asked. This is important for uh, several reasons. I'm going to give two or three here. And the first reason comes from Ephesians 4.39. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. This is a command to get rid of bitterness and all the rest that goes along and is listed in Ephesians 4.31. We have to fight bitterness. And if we're not willing to cultivate an attitude of forgiveness, then that is by definition a clinging on to uh, bitterness and anger, and that is a sin that would erode our soul, will damage our relationship with the Lord, will damage our own soul, and will damage our relationship with others. And so we need to let go of bitterness by putting it to death. Romans 6.11 says, Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. We're to put it to death, or to put another word, mortify it. That's, that's, that's the idea of putting it to death. And the reason that we put sin to death is because this is what Jesus is doing in our lives through the work of the Spirit as we're reading, studying, and meditating on the Word. Now, it's interesting that Ephesians 4.31 goes right into Ephesians 4.32, and it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ also has forgiven you. And the second reason this is important is because we need to forgive others. This is a command that comes to us throughout the New Testament. And another place is Ephesians 4.32. It's the command to forgive, but it's interesting that the command to let go of bitterness and anger and malice and all the rest precedes the command to forgive. And so what we've got here is the cultivation of the attitude of forgiveness is what leads to the extension of the act of forgiveness in relationships. And so the first reason this is important, we need to let go of bitterness. And the second reason is important because we have to forgive. 
There's never an exception to this. We have to forgive all the time, and the first one of those leads to the second. But here's the third reason this is important. We need to not undercut the requirements that people who have sinned have to confess their sin to us. If we have our attitude of forgiveness flow out into an action of forgiveness before the forgiveness has been sought, then we undercut the need of a sinful person to repent of their sin, and that's not good. That's why when you watch on the news sometimes and you'll see it, and and you might have seen it even recently, you'll see a family saying to a criminal, I forgive you, but that person hasn't said they're sorry. They haven't even admitted to the crime. To hear I forgive you makes it irrelevant to the person uh, to confess. And just as true as it is, we have a command to forgive those who have sinned. They have a command to confess and repent of their sin from all parties involved, including you if you're the one they've sinned against. And so we need to withhold that extension of the action of forgiveness until the person has done what God wants them to do by confessing their sin. So that is actually a way to serve them, to be kind to them, and to help them to honor God's law, even as we want it as well. So what I'm saying is, is this. We love because God first loved us. It, it what had nothing to do with our own initiative. That scripture is very clear. Salvation is of the Lord, Jonah 2, 9. So, so we are a work in progress. Uh, I remember uh, this story will perfectly illustrate this. When I, when I was a junior in high school, I was sitting there reading my Bible. And I was reading in Matthew 6, 12, and 14, and there's a passage in Colossians uh, 3 that, that talks about forgiving other people. And I, but I had held uh, unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment against my dad for many, many years. And until that moment, um, I had a grudge against my dad. And the Lord uh, let, convicted me of my sin in that moment and reading those texts and it was gracious and it was glorious well the next day uh my dad and i went on a walk and i told i told my dad what the lord had done and and he said son i forgive you i i just want you to know that and also the lord is at work and and it was at work in his life and he told me about that and immediately we were reconciled you see the Lord brings conviction. He brings things to mind in our lives as we, as we are reading, as we're studying, as we're meditating, and we're memorizing on the Word. He's helping us to grow in Christ. Conviction, by the way, is, is a blessing from the Lord. It's not something that we should avoid. It's something where the Lord is highlighting something in our life that displeases Him and dishonors Him, and the most loving thing that He can do is to expose it. And he exposes it to help us uh, so that we can grow in his grace, not to harm us, but to show us, no, this displeases the Lord as revealed in his word and it's sin. It's crossed the boundary. It, it misses the mark. And this is why we need to repent. And this is a continue why the Christian life is one of ongoing repentance, as we've talked about on this show many times. But see, it's the Lord, the Lord helps us. This is why we need to be in the Word. We're reading the Word. We're studying the Word. The Lord is going to use the Word that we're reading and studying and even hearing preached, and He's going to bring conviction into our lives. That's going to help us to continue to grow in godly character. It's going to help to keep short accounts so that as we go out, we'll be preaching the gospel that we ourselves are preaching to ourselves, We'll be preaching it to other people. 
So as we're confronting them about, you know, their sin, we're being confronted with the same message ourselves as we're, you know, studying and reading and memorizing and meditating on the word. And as we're hearing it preached, we're being confronted about our stuff. So the log is being taken out of our own eye. We're examining ourselves in light of the word of God. And then, and then so, so when other people come to us and they've sinned against us, because of the initiative of God's grace at work in our lives, we can forgive them because we ourselves are forgiven. In fact, the more that we love the Lord, the more that we are, are, are in his word and studying his word and doing life with God's people, the easier it will be to forgive other people. You know, it's so important. So the initiative, it begins with the word. It begins with what God has said. It begins with what God has done. And then it protrudes out uh, to forgiving other people who have harmed us. And let me say something. Oftentimes it's thought, you know what? I don't need to get specific or, or clear about somebody when they've sinned. But here's the thing. When you look at a passage like Psalm 51, you see David getting really specific. He recognizes that it's against the Lord that he's sinned and that he sinned against other people. So in light of that, get specific with people. Here's what it looks like in your marriage. Men, maybe you've sinned against your spouse or, or, or wife. You've sinned against your husband. Here's what to do. You know what, sweetheart? Here's what I've done. I've, I've done this thing. Describe that thing. I have sinned against you in this way. Um, I haven't been as clear. I haven't been as helpful to you in these ways. Spouse, you see, you know what, uh, sweetheart, I am, I accept your apology. I'm so thankful to hear this. It blesses my heart to hear how the Lord is at work in your life. This is not only a good way for the person confessing to say, but the person who's receiving the forgiveness to say, and then to say, I forgive you. This acknowledges what the person is saying, but it also, it also testifies of God's grace at work in your own life. You're just responding to the work that he's already doing in your life. Because the more that we preach the gospel to ourselves, the more that we're going to be able to tell other people, hey, this is how I see God at work in your life. This is how I see him at work, uh, working in you by his grace through the ministry of the spirit. This is one thing that, uh, especially in this particular area, we need to work on. Um, in the church because, and, and we'll, we'll come back to this topic about, because it, it touches on conflict management. It conflict, it touches on re- resolving anger and bitterness and resentment. Uh, it, it focuses on keeping short accounts with the Lord. So there's a lot to say here today in this episode, but let me just say this as we end. If you've been forgiven much, you should forgive others much. And the more that you think about that, Think about it this way. You don't deserve to be forgiven at all. And yet God has forgiven you in Christ. And the more that you think about that, the more that it actually should convict us about how quickly we are prone to think about the wrongs that other people have done to us. And and and, and you know what? Those are horrific things. Many of them. I'm not minimizing those things at all. They're absolutely, if you've been harmed in any way, abused in any way, that is absolutely horrific. It is absolutely 100% not what God wants. We live in a post-fall world. There's real suffering, both just and unjust suffering that happens in our lives in so many different ways, in countless ways, in unimaginable ways, in harmful ways. 
personally at the national level and and on and on and on we could go with this okay and those things are hurtful they hurt us they harm us that's what sin does but it also shows our need to forgive because if we have been forgiven we will forgive and you know what sometimes that forgiveness let's be clear i just want to be clear as we wrap up sometimes that forgiveness it takes longer it takes longer but we need to get there we need to keep preaching the gospel of the grace of God to our hearts and minds. And what God will do is he will continue to work by his grace through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, through the means of grace, that is that is reading and studying the word, praying the word, all of that. He'll work and he'll help us to get to a place where we can forgive that person. Sometimes it's in a moment, it's in an instant where you are going to be reconciled, sometimes that's going to take time. And that doesn't mean any more or less. Both are a work of God's grace in our lives. But we should get there. We should continue to work at it. We should continue to be reading and studying our Bibles and preaching the gospel and, and continuing to let people speak into, especially if you're struggling with forgiving a family member and in a difficult situation, continue to have older men, if you're a man, speaking into that situation, helping you. Don't just stay stagnant in your unforgiveness and your bitterness and resentment and let it continue to fester and grow and grow and grow. Um, that's, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is addressing it through the means of grace, through the help of the, of the Holy Spirit, with the help of God's people. Uh, sometimes there's going to be times when you need to have a biblical counselor helping you with some of these things, and that's okay too. You know what? We need help. And and these uh, men, I would recommend if you're a man, going to a male biblical counselor. If you're a woman, going to a, a, a woman biblical counselor. And what this can help is it can help peel back the layers, the layers and layers of hurt and bitterness and struggle and uh, all the all the history, personal and uh, the problems. Uh, this can help uh, to deal with some of the the deeper wounds of the heart and the things that have happened in our lives. And we and we need that. We need the help. And and that's why these biblical counselors have gone through the training. They're trained to help you to go through and to work through these types of things. So there's no shame in going to a biblical counselor. There's no shame in going to your pastor to talk to them. There's no shame in, if you're a man, going to older man and talking to them. Uh, there's no shame in, if you're a woman, going to older woman, and on and on. Well, I've said a lot here, and as I always say lately, uh, we try to keep these episodes to 5 to 20 minutes, and we're nearing the 20-minute mark. So I want to thank you for listening or watching this week's episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.